Hello friends, Uncle Marv here. Before the show, I normally don't do this, but I wanted to make sure I got in one quick note. The product that we speak about tonight, Dionode, has a time-sensitive offer that I want to make sure that you get to. At the time that we recorded this show, there was only seven days left to participate in the Indiegogo special, where you can pre-order these speakers at a 17% discount. What we did not tell you is that there is a stretch goal that if you order now, you can get 35% off of future Node speakers and an exclusive Indiegogo edition of the speaker for all Indiegogo backers if enough pre-orders are done. So I wanted to make sure because at the time we record this, like I said, seven days left, which means that by the time most of you listen, it'll be six, five, four, etc. So, while you're listening to the show, head over to doconnect.com slash Uncle Marv. That's doconnect.com slash Uncle Marv and take advantage of this great offer. And now, on to the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Uncle Marv Show. This is Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B. Today, I have a very special guest. This is a little bit different than our normal show. We are going to talk tech, but in a much different way. I have with me Akash Vinod, CEO of DO Technologies. Akash, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty, pretty great. Sorry to bring an amateur hour here to the <laughs> IT Business Podcast. <laughs> oh, trust me, this is not amateur hour. If the listeners knew what we had to go through to get this recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Akash, I want to say thank you for coming on. And for the regular listeners of the show, Akash is not necessarily in our usual space. So this show is the podcast for IT Business Support. Obviously, we try to help you run your businesses better, smarter, and faster, and we always try to have stories, products, and tips to help you do that. Tonight, however, we're going to go a little different route. One of the things that I told you that I would like to do this year is to talk more about the business aspect, not just about the tech and not just about managed services or IT repair, but you know, there's a whole tech world out there that we just don't pay attention to. And Akash, I think that you can give us a very good perspective on something I called side hustle entrepreneurship. I don't know if that's what you would call it, but uh, give my listeners a little background of what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So you know, I um, I have started, like I'm sure many of your listeners started my own company. Uh, where it's a little bit different is that it is a consumer hardware company. Uh, you don't really see a lot of boutique like consumer hardware companies that just kind of start up, you know, self-funded on its own. Um, and a lot of, especially the space I'm in, which is wireless speakers, super consolidated with just a few big players. So essentially, you know, what I've done is um, I thought to myself, hey, you know what's missing in the world? Just a really affordable way to stick speakers all over your home, connect to them all from like your phone 
play out of all of them at once. Just so, you know, that general flexible dynamic home audio system while also being super affordable. So I started diving into that a few years ago and I came out with a product that I've just recently launched for pre-orders uh, and it's called the Dio node because it really is just a small little audio node that you can stick all over your home. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I'm happy to dive into more specific questions about it, but that has been my, you know, I guess my side hustle for the past two years, but I'm, I'm ready to kind of start really selling these speakers and, um, building this up as a company and we'll see how the journey goes. All right. And the reason that we call it the side hustle is you do have a full-time job and not that we need to talk about that, but it's a very nice company that you work for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work here in a Silicon Valley for a tech company, also work in hardware. Um, and I've been kind of building this company, this, you know, deal on my own, uh, on the side while doing that as my little passion project. So, yeah. All right. So before we get into the specifics of the product, let's talk a little bit about the entrepreneurship side of it, because like you said, a lot of us started that way. We all started well, I shouldn't say all, but I started in tech working for somebody else and got the idea in my head that yeah, I could do this a little better and decided to go out on my own. And luckily, you know, 20-something years later, I'm still here, um, still making it and paying bills and doing well. But you found a way to actually solve a problem and something that I struggle with is tech in my home because I have so much tech in the office. I don't really want to have so much tech at the house. I don't want to have to fix it or repair it or tweak with it or worry about it being hacked. But I have wanted to have stereo in all rooms of my house playing the same thing at the same time. And I know that other companies sort of have it or it's really expensive. Um, I think of Sonos and Bose and all of that. But let's go back to what actually made you think you could do better. Yeah, yeah. So I saw there was a few things that I kind of saw that were just really lacking, right? So um, when you talk to people like yourself, right, just even general people, and you say, hey, you know, would you like to have just a home audio system, you know, just speakers all over your home and you can just really easily control which ones are playing and which ones aren't like you know move around from room to room people are like yeah i'd get behind that but it's not like that doesn't exist right and so the real question is like why don't i you know and other people why don't we have that why isn't that just a commonplace thing that everyone sets up their home with a bunch of speakers everywhere and it came down to like two issues right so the first one was really complexity uh, I'm sure, you know, there are probably people already listening to this that might even have Sonos and stuff. Um, but if you're not familiar with Sonos, uh, you know, it's a really nice speaker product. It costs at the entry level around $199 per speaker, pretty expensive, but more than that, even the people who have the money to shell out on it, they complain about, it took them like 20 to 30 minutes to set it up. There's actually like companies set up that, that will come into your home and, and, set up the speakers for you that you pay for because it's so complex, right? Um, there's also other options like wired speakers, again, wiring them all over your home. That's not an easy task. Uh, and it just gets more expensive and more complicated the, the further up you go. You know, it's like the more money you pay, the more almost like complicated it gets because then you introduce all these sorts of new features. Uh, you know, the audio quality gets very pr premium, but you want to balance it in specific ways. 
Um, and, and the technology just kind of gets more and more complex to support a lot of that stuff too. So I just kind of thought like, okay, why can't it just be easy? Like, why can't the common person who's not really competent with technology even just buy these speakers and basically make them plug and play, just put them in the corners, plug them into power, takes just a few you know seconds maybe to set up. And then, and also it's make it affordable as a, you know, uh, in the process by just kind of cutting out a lot of that extra stuff and making it super simple. Um, and that's really what got me going with this was like, okay, like, yeah, let's, let's try to build something that is easy and that is affordable for the average person or the average household. All right. So the difference being here is that you're actually creating a product. So I'm assuming you just didn't have the parts lying around that you could tinker and toy with and, and figure this out. So there had to be a initial thought of where am I going to get the money to do this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those big things. Um, that's one of the reasons why it's, I guess I'm, we're even talking about side hustle entrepreneurship, right? Um, so there's a, kind of a few points I could kind of bring into this. So the first one being you really, really need to know how to like de-risk ideas you have. And it works for hardware too. A lot of times people are like, you can only be like a lean company when you're working on software, because that allows you to build something for almost free, test it out on the market. And then once you you know get something minimum out there and see that people like it, you can then hire engineers and designers and a bunch of other stuff to make it better, more efficient, whatever. Um, but the thing is, you can actually do a lot of that with hardware too. It just takes understanding the space. Obviously, not to the same extent. You can't make stuff for free. Um, but the first step for me was really obviously like understanding what technologies, processes exist that I could even put together myself to make these speakers in my own home. Uh, I had some Raspberry Pis. I kind of hooked them up to existing speakers. And I was like, how do I kind of do a little bit of this programming? That part was honestly the easiest part. Uh, after I kind of started identifying like, okay, this is like how the technology works, you know, at this level, how do we get it off my phone to play to these, you know, to, to these different speakers while well, protocols already exist. And it kind of identified that Apple AirPlay was like this thing. Uh, the next thing I, I just immediately jumped into was just like, okay, how do you manufacture this? Right? Like, I don't want to go through again, hiring engineers, really tweaking those designs to make them perfect myself. Speakers have been made before, you know, uh, even AirPlay, which is the underlying firmware. Airplane speakers have been made before. Who's been making them? And how can I get those partnerships in place so I can even push a lot of that expertise and cost off of myself to someone, to you know, people who know how to do this stuff? So that's when I also have a manufacturing and supply chain background. Uh, that's what I do for my full-time job. So it really came down straight into identifying where those areas were and essentially the supply chain, where a lot of this, you know, for lack of a better word, like um intellect, you know, like that, where, where that existed and then reaching out and being like, Hey, you know, here's something that I've been thinking. Here's what I've been working on. Here's the market I see for it. Do you want to work with me on that and building those partnerships in place? Um, and so all of that costed zero money, right? It was all just a bunch of meetings. It costed like whatever it costed for me to get my raspberry pies and, and some cheap speakers from Amazon and hook them together. Um, and as I kind of was able to get those partnerships in place. It was just at that point, like, okay, let's get a lot of these projects kicked off. Like, what would it take just for your engineers to take designs that they've already know work and built 
And how do we just start getting them into prototypes, right? And like at that point, it's prototyping costs, which are still pretty low, generally speaking. Um, and uh, and you know, a little bit of shipping back and forth from my manufacturers in China. Um, and that's where my my full-time job, it was great because I didn't need to quit, right? And that brings me to my second point, which is also part of de-risking it is also, you know, you don't need to commit to going all in on an idea before you've tested it, even if it's hardware, right? Like a lot of times people are like, oh, hardware costs a lot of money to make. It takes a lot of time to design and to manufacture. Um, but frankly, like, none of that needs to be true. Uh, so when it comes to the time piece, right, it was like, okay, I, again, I've identified a lot of designs that already exist that work out there. People have built speakers before. I've identified the people who already know how to make those. Um, with that in place, uh, it really comes down to like, okay, can I support the costs of essentially just uh, coming up with our prototypes, coming up with all of those initial designs, figuring out and making sure it all works and, and all those tweaks. Um, and that's a few thousand dollars, which is a few thousand dollars, yes, for a normal person. Compared to like what it takes to run a company, a few thousand dollars, you're like, oh yeah, I could spare that initially to kind of get a product off the ground. Um, so how did I support that? It was really, I'm working my full-time job, you know, and I just decided to put a little bit of my savings into that. And over the long term, if this fails, I still have my full-time job. <laughs> I can still recuperate that that money. And I've kind of really focused very hard to make sure that a lot of what I'm doing is as kind of like cost effective as possible, as test testable as possible, where I can take things that, you know, that cost a minimum, get the partners in place and just kind of get a product out there as quick as possible for people to use, for them to feel, for them to get used to that concept on before I then start thinking about the real hardware problems, which is how do I scale this, right? Like, how much am I going to be forecasting and bringing a lot of inventory for? Can I push enough of that inventory before I got, you know, I, I uh, get too far in debt? Things like that. I don't have to think about that yet. Um, so that's kind of essentially the approach that I've taken, trying to make this concept as lean as possible. Really pursue it initially as a side hustle to kind of get everything in place, and then once we are generating revenues, which we are starting to do now, uh, I can start thinking about the future of like. How do I focus on this full time? What level will I need to get and move forward from there? So I had a couple of thoughts that popped up in my head that, you know, kind of parallel the way I started my business, the way that I know a lot of listeners have started their business in that we didn't have an exit plan. <laughs> it was There was no figuring out, okay, you know, you know, you made the comment about not fully committing you know, or going all in. Whereas when I quit my job, I was all in. <laughs> it was, you know, it was sink or fail or, you know, make it work. So did you have, you know, little markers or places along the way where you knew if, okay, if I can't get past this point, I'm going to stop and bail or, you know, do something along those lines? Yes. Yes, I absolutely did. Um, and you talk about an exit plan too. And I, Definitely, I've been thinking a lot about that, you know, even in terms of how much am I putting in? How much do I think I can get out? If that's zero, like, am I okay with that? Um, and I also want to be clear that uh, in terms of not committing for anyone who has ordered a deal note, I am definitely, the product's ready. And so we can definitely like serve that too. 
Um, well, I'm not, I'm not so, worried about that because you're 120% yeah. above goal. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. 120% above goal in our, our Indiegogo campaign, which is live right now. Um, so yeah, getting back to your question as well about, um, sorry, how about, could you give the question again and I'll be able to more directly answer? Well, that. I was trying to, I mean, probably rephrase it. So most of us that started in our tech business did not have an exit plan. We we just went in and we weren't sure where we were going, how we would get there, or at what point we would quit. Um, I know a lot of people just quit when they run out of money and then they go back. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you had a plan, like you had some mile markers as to, okay, if I can't get past this and I can't rethink a new way, I'm done. I mean, it, that's what it sounded like. Yes, yes. So the first thing uh, I there have been several, like I've, I've actually, I'm the kind of person who's always giving myself like these short, small checkpoints along the way. And every time we've like hit them or exceeded them, which has just been super exciting. Um, you know, the first checkpoint for me was very much like, okay, before I even like get manufacturing samples, whatever, you know, with, with all of that, I'm pretty sure I can make this product. Um, let me just get my website. Out, right. And this was about two years ago. I want to say maybe, maybe a year and a half ago, um, had like a website ready, you know, kind of a very, very basic homepage. It had a small video that I recorded myself um, that was just kind of like, here's the concept. Here's, you know, like the uh, initial price point, you know, that I'm thinking about. And here's kind of like the mission of the company, like what I want to do with the space. And then I just kind of ran very basic Facebook ads, right? Which is just kind of like, hey, go to our website, just driving some traffic. They weren't like efficient ads or whatever. And Facebook ads too, it's like, I spent a total of like 200 bucks on them or something. Not a lot, right? And I was just like, let me see if I even get any mailing list signups. And I got like a hundred with like the initial small, like two week long, like campaign I ran for very few, like very little amount of money. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, this is something that is clearly a very basic like website page. And I already have like a hundred people signing up for my mailing list. so that was like, okay, great. Let's keep going, right? But let's see what happens next. Um, so after that, it was very much like, can I even attract a manufacturer? And can the cost make sense? That's what it came down to next. It's like, okay, customers are probably there, right? Like, can I can I make all these costs make sense? And that's when it was like reaching out to a bunch of different manufacturers, seeing if people would even talk to me, right? Because again, very small, you know, company, startup company, self-funded, you know, I'm not guaranteeing like millions in revenue initially. Um, Would anyone even want to work with me on this kind of project? And there was interest from like three different manufacturers, which was pretty good out of um, like eight that I reached out to. So I was, I mean, pretty good, like rate. Um, And they were all actually even like mid-sized manufacturers, not small little job shops or side shops that like are like eh, kind of, you know, um, sketchy. I only reached out to people who like specifically worked with very specific technologies licensed by Apple for a lot of these things. Um, and out of them, you know, I, I was able to kind of basically work with one finally at the end of the day that I thought we could really trust. Um, and they have been great. They've been the big uh, manufacturer that I've really been working on with this design, getting everything up over the past like a uh, year. So that was the next step was like, okay, what are the costs going to look like getting them to really like get me quotes, negotiating a little bit, figuring out kind of like, can we work together on finding a more efficient kind of design and build for a lot of these things? 
Um, and the cost started lining up. And I was like, great, this, this could actually work for that. <laughs> I'm willing to kick off the project. Um, so I kicked off the project with them. And that's where it was like, okay, let's start making some initial payments. Let's just get to the first, um, the first batch of prototypes, which is just like three. I got three speakers. Um, and we we made them and it looked to the design, you know, that, that our speakers are. I actually have them in the other room, or I could actually show them right here to you, but I know it's a podcast. So <laughs> um, but you know, I I I got those and I was like, okay, let's see, let's see if this stuff actually works, right? Like how does it have the same experience, the same feel, whatever that like my little Raspberry Pi prototypes that I was like aiming for had. Um, and I got the prototypes and they were great. And then I showed them to a few friends and they loved them. And then I was like, let me start beta testing this stuff. So I just kind of reached out on, on Nextdoor and I was like, hey, people in my community who wants to try these speakers I've built, like I'm kind of looking for testers. I had a lot of responses. And then I started just kind of leaving it with people for a few days at a time, different homes, uh, three speakers, they'd set them up and they'd kind of use them for a few days. And then I get their feedback and overwhelmingly positive. Like I just it was amazing. Like it was like a trying to remember the stats off the top of my head right now. Cause it happened so long ago. And it feels like at this point, it was like definitely something like 70 to 80% of people overall rated this at like a, what was it like a four or five out of a five and not a single person rated under a three, which was like my big thing. Like these are just prototypes, right? Like I'm sure there's a lot you could find wrong with these the production versions are going to be even better. We've like figured out a lot of those things that the testers rate this on. Um, and even for things like sound quality, right? Like not a single person, I think the majority of people rated us at, it was like a 4.5 out of five or something, um, which is like, whoa, right? Like, and, and a lot of the people here where I live near like Palo Alto and stuff have Sonos and have things like that. So it was those small, small little steps I took, you know, like just getting three prototypes for a manufacturer. It's not that expensive, you know? Um, Testing them out with let me stop you right there. Own. Let me stop you right there because that brings up an interesting point. So, again, I want to give people perspective. Most yeah. of us, we can't go to our vendors and say, "Hey, can you let us try something out?" So, let me go back and first of all, I probably need to say one thing. You you said that um, your website launched uh, what about two years ago? Yeah. Okay. So, there was a journey for you just to get to the website. Part. So that's first I wanted oh, to, yeah. to talk about that and we'll go back to that. But I want to ask you, what was it like to try to first find vendors and then second to approach them? Because you're talking about going to them with a basically a new product mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I want to try this out. You're not from an established company. Yeah. All. And saying, hey, by the way, I don't have engineers. So uh, you guys are going to have to build this for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that had to be something to, I mean, that's some cojones to walk in and say, I have a great idea. So I need you to help me put it together. And Oh, by the way, you're going to build it for me. I mean, what was that experience like? Oh yeah. So, you know, I mentioned that I, I, this is my full-time job too. I actually work with supplier management on hardware products. Okay. And so I had a lot of the like the verbiage even, like I, I kind of knew how to ask for what I was asking for. You know, it happens in the industry with big players all the time. Uh, I think that just helps them kind of realize that I'm not an amateur. <laughs> you know, like I'm actually someone who can kind of like, in a sense, like speak a lot of the, the terminology, understand what's going on. Um, and so that was kind of like 
one aspect of it that I think has really helped me get all this going on. Uh, another aspect too was actually, there's a few things that I, I, I actually did that I kind of breezed over a little bit because it was just very specific to my situation and not like, you know, something that's like, oh, everyone can do this. Um, but there's also a few things that you can do to, you know, obviously like earn, earn a little bit of trust you know, and reputation, especially even with vendors. One big thing for me is when I started identifying the way to even stream audio from your phone to multiple speakers in the home, right? Um, I, I looked at Android, I looked at iOS. Um, Android has actually a bunch of limitations and stuff and, and kind of what they allow, and they don't really have the built-in protocols to get around that. Um, but Apple did, and it's the firmware, Apple AirPlay, that's kind of like underlying. Um, and when I kind of realized that like, okay, I want to go that route because that's the experience that really offers the most versatility, gets over a lot of these technical challenges that Android has right now that I'm still working on getting through. Um, then I was like, okay, like how do I even use AirPlay? You need to reach out to Apple and get a license. Right? And that, that itself is another question. Like, how do you even get a license from Apple? Um, but uh, I, that's the first thing I actually did before I even reached out to manufacturers was actually reach out to Apple um, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a small new company. I actually incorporated the company, which is not a hard thing to do. Uh, as you probably know already, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, that's the easy stuff. So I got, you know, company entity running. And then I reached out to Apple and was like, hey, you know, we're interested in building the first affordable AirPlay speakers. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had to go through obviously like a background check process and, and, you know, submit my application and do all this stuff. But um, once that was done and I had the license to use AirPlay and they were like, you're good to go. Your company will is, is verified to use our technology. And I had NDA signed and all that stuff. At that point, I reached, it was only after that, that I reached out to manufacturers um, and was like, okay, I am licensed through Apple to use this technology and to build these speakers. Do you want to build them with me? Um, and that is, I think, what got the initial conversation started. Like, yes, we'll meet with you. Like, yes, we'll talk with you. And then when I was talking with them, I was like, okay, like I knew kind of how to talk. I knew kind of what to expect from the product development process. I knew how to talk about, you know, like, you know, I want to have this ODM, you know, manufacturing, whatever, but I want the ID and all this industry jargon, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. And they kind of knew what my ask was. And that's how I was able to kind of push forward with those conversations. So um, if for people who are looking to build consumer, uh, it, any sort of e-commerce consumer stuff, uh, even if it's not hardware, right? But whatever vendors you're working with, um, I think the first step is really to just educate yourself a little bit on just um, like understand what it is that you want to ask a vendor for and, and what the like language is for it. Right. Um, I don't know if, if Marvin, if you want me to go into a brief little tutorial on on types of uh, manufacturing relationships on, right now and on, on learning of, the uh, language. And stuff yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Well, let, let's see if we have time later. I want to make sure we get to a couple of other things. Um, but that's definitely obviously, you know, two concepts there. Know your space, you know, know who you're talking to, know what you're trying to do, know which and earn trust. I mean, I think mm -hmm. most of most of the listeners of this show understand that they've got to do that. Um, if we go in to work on somebody's network, we got to prove that we know it, mm -hmm. and, then we, and we got to earn their trust that we're not going to break it. 
Yeah. And if you've never launched a product before, like you can't be like, oh, I've done this for other, like with other stuff, right? Uh, that's like the easiest way to have trust. But there are ways to maybe try to reach out to some partners like I did with Apple, uh, or maybe even like building up the mailing list, right? Saying stuff like, hey, I have committed customers of some kind um, or somewhat committed customers of some kind, right? Like people who are genuinely interested, maybe do some of that background work of like projecting the market and like, you know, really testing certain things out in certain ways through your own website. Um, and even the website itself has a way of, of building trust because I'm sure those manufacturers, first thing they're going to do when they get your email is Google you or, you know, look up your website or something um, coming off of that domain. And then being like, oh, great. They seem to be somewhat legit. Like I get their concept, right? Like do those few small steps beforehand to establish some sort of presence for what you're doing um, so that people know that you're not just any random amateur who's trying to just come in and be like, hey, I want to make this, but I have no clue how to even get the sales for it. Right. right? So, yeah. So speaking of Googling. So, of course, you know, I'm sure you Googled me and I Googled you <laughs> in prepping for this. And it's interesting. So to understand the mindset of somebody that, you know, tries to start their business from the ground up. Again, most of the listeners in this space, we understand each other, you know, because we all kind of started the same way for the most part. But in your case, you know, it's kind of a little different story. But in terms of mindset, Looking back at stuff that you did before now and before your your job, most people would think, oh, he's just a techie and he's really into it and stuff. But that's not true in your case. You you actually have yourself a little renaissance of a background, um, a little performing arts in your history there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got, I mean... Don't we all? To some degree, I don't know. <laughs> well, I know we all um, want to be stars, but we all don't get uh, we all don't get you know nominated for perfect pitch. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So that is yeah something that just happened recently, which is really exciting. Um. I grew up really into music and audio, which is probably why I decided to start a speaking company as well. Um. But I'm also very into podcasts and audiobooks, so it's just comprehensively audio, but. When I was in middle school, I joined, you know, the band, as many people do, um, uh, band class. And I started as a percussionist, eventually picked up the drum set, um, got really into all sorts. I was a total, you know, quintessential band geek in high school. I had jazz band, percussion ensemble, my own neighborhood rock band, um, a community orchestra on the weekends. I, I was into all of it. So uh, that was my my little performing arts background. And I've carried it with me. You know, even when I was studying engineering in undergrad, I was part of a jazz band every single quarter. Um, and I did that just so I could get access to like the band room on campus that had a drum set, because that's my like big hobby anyway. Um, and moving on from there, uh, I did my MBA recently as well. I was part of uh, our band for the MBA program as well. Um, and a lot of that kind of led me towards this perfect pitch profile where it's essentially um, an organization that wants to highlight entrepreneurs that also have a performing arts background and understanding how performing arts has led to, you know, entrepreneurship. Uh, and they, their goal is to really encourage, you know, more people to connect 
with their performing arts side, encourage children to continue on with performing arts, uh, and just kind of show the tie between, you know, business entrepreneurship and performing arts, which I think is such a great goal because I definitely resonate with that on my own uh, lifestyle. That's pretty good there. I was looking at that and I saw honor bands and I'm like, what in the world? So, Oh yeah. Honor bands fun. It's, uh, it was this thing in my school where you could audition and then travel somewhere. Uh, and it was people from schools all around the world that kind of did a concert somewhere. Um, so that was really fun for me when, uh, when I got to do it one year or so. All right. Well, not to put you on the spot without uh, doing it myself. I too, uh, dabbled a little bit, although mine was in choir. So I actually sang in choir. I was in a musical and it was the community uh, arts theater, and we made uh, all-county choir and was part of a, um, it wasn't really a traveling group, although my high school, we had a group called the Ten Tones, and that was a group that we went out and performed around the community and, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, people like us um, have music in our blood. That's amazing. And honestly, Marvin, I can totally see choir. You have, <laughs> I can already tell that your voice is like, very great you can control it and such it's yeah singing has been one thing i've always wanted to do never learned how and yeah i will i'll sing in the shower and sing in the car but not ever in front of other people so yeah all right so let's kind of circle back now and let's talk really more about the do node and just make sure that we you know we could talk about the business side but most of the tech gonna make dude tell us about the Tell us about the box and stuff. So as I mentioned before, you launched the website, but you had a couple of years where you actually did your reverse engineering, figuring out stuff, coming up with your sketches. Let me first start by asking, what was your mindset for coming up with the design? Yes. So, you know, I talked a little bit already about how the goal, really what makes the DO node so different from the other, like, sound systems out there it's not just the price tag but it's the fact that we're really going for something that is like simple Mm -hmm. and easy and i really wanted to convey that in the design as well i actually have a mechanical engineering background so design is kind of a big part of what i think about uh, when it comes to products anyway and so when you look at the speaker you know what you'll really notice is it's not flashy (laughs) it's no uh, it it looks like it looks like a hockey puck (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like a square, um, a square hockey puck. Yeah, exactly. It's like a square. It's a squircle. I think I heard one person call it. It's a square with the rounded corners. Uh, four inches by four inches, right? Very small. Um, and it's also the color is gray, right? It's not blue. It's not like premium, like you know, like white, like Sonos is. Um, it's and not your not your matte back black like uh, Bose. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason for that, all of that is really because what I'm trying to build here is something that is hassle free on all counts, not just to use, right? Not just sound quality and functionality, but also like when you buy it, you don't need to think twice of, is this going to fit in my home? Right. Like my, I have, you know, vintage furniture that's like, you know, uh, it only works with certain kinds of like decor. Will this speaker fit in? Um, the we've actually tested you know our speaker out you know it might not look like much when you look at it but we tested a bunch of different sketches a bunch of different colors uh in different types of common you know uh home furnishings whether it's like 
you have a black theme going on in your home, whether it's woods, whether it's whites, whether it's even like colorful. And the color we have and the shape we have is really something that just fits in and blends in to all the different corners of your home. So you really can just plug in your speaker wherever you want to in different parts of your home and forget about it and just listen to your audio as you go around from place to place. And you never really had to think like, oh no, this like potted plant, you know, does not match my speaker um, or, or vice versa. So yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, what went into, into the physical design of it. Um, and a lot of effort that I put there. All right. I'm just going through the website here and we specifically have not mentioned the website because we're going to do something a little special here at the end of the show. So this is not quite available yet. People will have to pre-order, but we're going to give them the option for that. Now you can order these. I guess the standard is the three pack because you're thinking multiple rooms, but if somebody really only wants one, you'll sell one but there's also a five pack. Exactly. So is that the max? Is that the limit? Uh, What's, what's, you know, what's the most you can have in a house? Yeah. I mean, in terms of the number of speakers, you can have as many speakers as like your router will handle, right? Like uh, these are Wi-Fi based speakers. So each one is going to go on your network. So, you know, if you've got like an amazing router that can handle thousands of devices, you can get thousands of speakers if you want. I don't see why you'd need thousands of speakers, but hey, I'm not going to stop you. Um, the In terms of the way we decided the packs, right, is um, it's really a, a few different things. So yeah, the three pack is a standard. It's the one that's been getting the most sales. Uh, it's also the one I kind of knew would get the most sales from the get-go. Uh, and it's really for... Uh, it's kind of like what I see as a starter pack, right? Whatever size of home you have, you're always going to have probably three distinct areas where you'd want to listen to audio. You're going to have some sort of like bedroomish area or bed area, some sort of living area, and some sort of kitchen area, right? Even if you're in a studio, they tend to be pretty split up and you can still keep a speaker in each one of those small little areas. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's kind of typical baseline, I would think, of, of a home. Uh, and of course, you got a bathroom too. So if you want a fourth one, stick it there. Well, you got to sing, uh-huh. got to sing in the shower, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're not waterproof, so definitely don't put them in the shower. But um, uh, if you got a large enough bathroom and and the water's not going to spray or the humidity's not going to you know get too bad, then definitely you can stick a speaker there too. But typically, you'll have these three distinct areas in your home. And then some people might have larger homes, right? Uh, and they might actually want more than three speakers. Uh, and that's kind of what the five packs for. Like, let's say you have like a two bed, two bath, like at that point, you've got like two extra areas to put your, to put a speaker in each one of those. Um, the thing is though, you can always order like two five packs, a five pack, a three pack, whatever. At this point you can, with a five, a three and a one, you can take any combination you want to and, you know, and, and you'll get stuff for your home. So there's definitely no limit on what you can buy, but that's kind of how we were thinking about the pack, the packs um, when we were thinking like how many should we carry? Uh, and I say we, by the way, uh, you know, this has been primarily my side hustle. I've had people working on it along the way, or even subcontractors for certain things. That so I try to think of Dio as a we, not as a me, because it is a serious company that I'm serious about, and you know, the community is part of it too. So, um, yeah, so uh, that's our idea behind the packs, but no speaker. Okay, so now let's ask the real geeky question as to how do you make them all work in concert? And you said they work over Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And so it's not Bluetooth technology. 
but yes. how if you get you know extra packs or you're doing all this stuff how do you just make them all work so that you're hearing the same song in the same spot in different rooms yeah so this is where it comes down to like knowing your space a little bit knowing how things work right? i'm not an audio engineer by any means or an electrical engineer but I did learn quite a bit on this journey on how the different ways to kind of send the audio to different things. Um, so like you mentioned, first off, this is not Bluetooth, it's Wi-Fi. The reason for that is because Bluetooth is frankly a terrible technology for audio streaming. Um, it, it, Bluetooth is a one-to-one typically, right? Like they, they say you can do a little bit more with like, especially with new um, you know, Bluetooth, uh, low energy and stuff that's coming out that can also do multi-device things, but it's still limited. There's still a hard number of like what seven devices or something that you can connect to max. Um, Wi-Fi though, it, it's unlimited and we'll get a little bit in a moment into why, uh, Bluetooth also compresses your audio when you're sending it to a speaker because a Bluetooth waves bandwidth is frankly not actually wide enough to carry all the data of a song over at like high fidelity. And so instead it compresses the song and during that compression, you're gonna lose a little bit of data. And that's why, for example, when you turn up the volume really loud on your Bluetooth and the wave should be like this and it still gets compressed to the Bluetooth waves bandwidth and it comes out of your speaker, you start hearing that fuzzy sound, right? Like things like that, which is Bluetooth is terrible. One-to-one technology, compressed audio, just not, it, it doesn't make sense for this kind of an application. What Bluetooth does make sense for is just portability, right? If you're taking a device with you out of the home, you have that small, low range, like radio wave that can just kind of send between your phone and your, your single device. That's where it makes sense, right? But if you're listening to multi and things out loud or what, you're not going to carry like five speakers around with you everywhere you go. That's kind of why I very quickly decided I'm not doing Bluetooth. When it comes to Wi-Fi, there are a couple different ways that you can send uh, your audio to multiple devices in your home. So the first, I'm gonna kind of generalize this into two buckets, right? Okay. So the first bucket is local, like it's LAN, the local area network, um, where your specific device finds other specific devices on the network and sends a signal to like your router to send to other to those other devices um, to send that data over. The second version is the internet, right? So your your each of your speakers connect to uh, the internet and a server that then sends the controls and commands, right? Um, and what you see is actually most of the multi-room speakers out there right now do the latter, but the latter doesn't make sense for audio. And here's why. So when you see a Google Home or an Alexa speaker, right? Um, I have a few Google Homes and I ran into this experience where I set it up, I was super excited, and I listen to a lot of audiobooks on Audible, and I listen to a lot of podcasts on Apple Podcasts on my phone. So I already have all that set up, and then I set up my Google Homes, and I found out that Google Home could not play either. So I really? had to switch all of my podcasts over to Spotify or Pocket Cast or something that did work with Google Home. And for audiobooks, like my Audible just won't. And the reason for that is because instead of Google directly streaming your content directly from your phone to all of the different speakers, um, what that Google Home does is it connects to a Google server and the Google server controls everything. And so when you say play music on your phone or through the voice assistant, it sends 
that stuff up to a cloud server owned by Google. And Google then takes that command and has to request Spotify or, or whatever other audio services you're using saying, hey, please let me play this audio to my devices. Um, and that's going through the internet. And so what Google has to do is it needs to build partnerships with Spotify, with Audible, which is owned by Amazon. So of course it doesn't have that partnership in place um, with Apple Podcasts owned by Apple with a bunch of other stuff, right? When I had my Google Homes, Apple Music didn't even work. I think last December or two Decembers ago is when they finally added support and were able to negotiate with Apple to get that partnership in place. But now what if you want to listen to stuff through soundcloud.com on your browser, right? On your phone or on your computer or whatever. What if you want to listen to your mom's voice message on WeChat, you know, or Twitter spaces or all these new things coming out there that are just random things from your phone? You cannot listen to that on your multiple speakers. And so the reason Google does it this way and that a lot of these multi-room speakers do it this way is because they really are trying to enter the smart home space, which is your Google home is not truly a speaker. It's really a control center and a hub to control your coffee maker and your light bulb and your doorbell and all your other stuff, right? And because of that, it needs internet access because it needs to build a bunch of custom commands that can then work with all these other new devices. But just for audio, why do you need to go and do all that custom internet stuff? It just doesn't make sense. So, um, so that leaves us with the other option, which is wireless local area network, which is your phone itself, identifying those speakers on the network and just sending the data directly to them. So that is the way that we've decided to do DO. Um, and, and that is also the reason why I very originally went into Apple AirPlay because that's what Apple AirPlay does. That's what DLNA speakers as well that work for Windows computers, they all work that way. Um, but the only thing is that when you are trying to, again, where do most people listen to their audio nowadays? They, they listen to it from their phones, not from their computers or from their TVs or other stuff. Um, and if you're using Android or iOS, then uh, you can only transfer the audio out of the out of the phone, out of the operating system from those other apps through very specific protocols, right? Um, so you're actually not allowed to touch the low-level hardware on an Android phone or on a uh, on an Apple, you know, uh, phone. You can't touch the sound output and then just say, now it's going to send through the Wi-Fi antenna and do this. You can't do that yourself. You have to use it within the bounds of what the operating system lets you do. And that's where I was like, okay, we're going to start with AirPlay. AirPlay does all of this already. And we are going to, and there's some kinks we're working out with Android because there's no built-in off-the-shelf technology. Um, there's some limitations and there's some ways to get over the limitations. They get kind of complex. And so I was like, I'm going to launch with iOS first because AirPlay does all of this already through WLAN and it's going to send everything to all the speakers already. And we have a product ready and I can start generating revenues and I'm working on the Android problem in parallel. So that's a, a little bit of history of why we chose to go the way we are and how all of this works really at a very detailed technological level. Okay. Now, from an end user point of view, from a, from a music noob who says, I just want to play my stuff from my phone or my tablet, is it just as simple as you know opening an app and selecting speakers or how does it work in terms of, because most of us are used to, we connect our phone through Bluetooth to our speakers, and then we play whatever we want. But this sounds like we, we won't have to do that. Yeah, it's, it's simpler than what you said. Okay. Um, 
it's it's almost it's i mean in my opinion it's simpler than bluetooth too it's you don't even need an app so because we use apple airplay as an underlying firmware we're able to integrate our speakers directly into your control panel so when you already have um uh, I keep forgetting this is an audio thing and not a video thing. So it doesn't. It's okay. You can show me. I'll tell. Um, everybody. I'll tell everybody. Yeah, what. <laughs> sure. But on on your iPhone, when you're already playing music, right? To, to, for or any audio, you already have that thing that pops up on your screen that has the gigantic play or pause button and right. the forward button in the back and the low volume control. That is exactly in that area is where you can select our speakers. Okay. And just tap the ones you want to use, and you don't have to go unlock your phone. Go go into another app, you know, and then like choose which speakers to go to. That's like five extra steps right there. You just right from your home screen, choose the speakers you want to use and it plays to all of them. Um, and because it's not Bluetooth, you don't need to worry. Like, you know, for Bluetooth, a lot of times, you know, like go into your settings, like open the settings app, go into your, your Bluetooth settings, choose the device you're connected to. You got to make, then, make like, sure it pairs. It yep. Yeah, so you don't have to do that at all. Once these are set up in your home on your Wi-Fi network, they're always going to be set up on your home on your Wi-Fi network. It just takes a tap to be like, I'm playing out of this one. Okay, tap again. I'm not playing out of this one. You've got someone else in your home who's also on your Wi-Fi network. They can do the same thing on their phones. Um, so you so don't that's, need to worry about like unpairing and then pairing that person's phone or whatever. It's just, it's ready. And I was going to say, phone. that's a key thing to have something that is multi-user that is true multi-user. You're not, you know, playing round robin as to who has control. Yep, exactly. And, you know, if I'm playing a podcast and my wife is really frustrated at me, she can just play her music to that speaker instead and override me. <laughs> so, you know, it's truly very just hassle-free. It's just tap the speaker you want to play out of and then figure it out with your roommate or your spouse or whatever <laughs> uh, who's uh, who gets to play out of that speaker right now. This so. is this is your <laughs> speaker out of the three-pack. You can play to this one. <laughs> so that's good. All right. Well, let's be sure to now send people to the website and then we can come back and uh, do Florida Man since you were so interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But. So, yeah. So, you know, I have decided... Um, uh, Uncle Marv to set up a very special uh, code. Not really. It's <laughs> essentially, for the purposes of the podcast, it's easier to just say, hey, go to doconnect.com slash Uncle Marv. And it's an easy way for all of you listeners to remember. That's just going to take you directly to our Indiegogo live campaign where you can pre-order. You can watch the video. You could even see another demo video I have up there of the speakers in action. Uh, you can read all about the extra benefits, talk, you know, our sound quality, what our beta testers were saying about, you know, real quotes from them of what they've been saying about the speaker. Do all your research. I have loads of information about the speaker there. Um, and then you can decide to pre-order. And right now, since they are pre-orders, uh, I'm doing them at a discount. And so you can actually get up to 17% off on the speakers if you order a three-pack or five-pack. Um, and... Uh, and I would absolutely love the support of getting those pre-orders in because it just helps me pay for actually getting the speakers from my manufacturer and having that all set up and actually going into business. So, uh, yeah. So if you want a discount and you want to support me, I would appreciate it. Dioconnect.com slash Uncle Marv. All right. And this campaign just went live just recently this month, right? Yes. Yeah. It's actually, it's a month-long campaign. So it will be ending in a week. Uh, okay. So, those of you who want this, get it fast. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'd say. 
All right, let me go make sure I sign up for that. And let me ask, because this is a campaign, uh, when can people expect to get their speakers? Yeah, so that is something right now, what I have put on the Indiegogo campaign is to expect it by October 2022. Now, it could come earlier. It might be delayed. Uh, it's all based on the extremely volatile supply chain situation right now. So I think that the October is a reasonable goal that I can hit. Um, I'm hoping it can actually come in a little bit earlier because if this was two years ago, pre-pandemic, then you know I would be able to expect these speakers in in like two months. Um, but five months right now, just with all of the delays that I'm expecting to see uh, for a lot of these critical components. And I'm also going to be sending out an update like pretty much every month, you know, maybe month and a half after the campaign, just letting people know like, hey, here's the status of production. Like they're coming in early or, oh, I'm so sorry, but it's going to be October. Oh, I'm even more sorry. We're going to have to push it out a couple more weeks. You know, uh, that's I, I yeah, I will be basically sending out pretty frequent updates just to let people know the status. But October 2022, that's the official uh, the official statement. Well, I will say this, that doesn't sound like a long wait because I think you have been waiting for this even much, much longer. So I know that the website went live December 2020, was it? Yeah. And yes, you exactly. you had this idea all the way back in, was 2017? Is that correct? I had a semblance of the idea in 2017. I started getting really into podcasts in 2017 and really saw the like, the problem. I didn't really start doing anything about it till like mid 2019 when I really started to think more specifically like, okay, what's it going to take to make these kind of speakers? Uh, that's when I started also like prototyping with Raspberry Pis. Um, so yeah, I've been waiting a while. Um, and I, that being said, you know, I know a lot of people still expect to order something on the internet and get it very quickly. So I just want to make, make sure, you know, I am aware that five months is a long time for some people. Um, but I, you know, it's coming right around, right around the corner of this year. So, uh, if you want a, a Christmas present, then, uh, you know, order them now for sure. And then I'll be able to get your orders in and get that first batch of inventory, uh, directly to you. All right. Well, I also wanted to just kind of drive home the point of how long it actually takes to have come to fruition an idea that is, I mean, it sounds simple speakers, but the concept of multi-room, multi-user, uh, Wi-Fi-enabled speakers that don't, you know, get hampered by the limitations of Bluetooth and stuff. This is a journey for you. And uh, the idea of persistence seems to uh, be something that I think you've put up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I never grew up thinking that I'd be an entrepreneur, like ever. I haven't, I've met people in my life at this point who have been like, yeah. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's not me. Um, for me, though, it really was. I, I really, one, the pain point was very real for me. Two, once I started really thinking through this and kind of realizing like, oh, man, the audio industry is just squeezing us just like for you know, us consumers um, with these premium products with extra features we don't need. You know, I looked at the price of Sonos and I was like, there's no way I'm paying $200 per speaker for multiple speakers um, to put around my home. That's that's really when I kind of it became like a mission for me. You know, I really very seriously, you know, take the mission of deal, which is on our website, which is I'm here to make listening simple. 
<laughs> to just make it easy. And part of making it simple and easy is making it, you know, accessible, not just from a functional standpoint, but from a cost standpoint. And that really is what has driven me over the past few years, just every step of the way being like, obviously, I don't want to put my entire life savings into something if no one's going to buy it. But um, I'm going to put in the time, the energy, the sweat to figure out what it's going to take and then start taking those baby steps over those several years to start seeing, you know, how viable it is as a concept and if, yeah, if I can make it happen. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a long journey and that, that persistence it's really been me just very passionate about making sure a product like this exists in the world. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, I can tell you this. I look forward to getting mine. I'm going to sign up here and uh, folks, we will have the link in the show notes, but it's very easy. doconnect.com slash uncle Marv and order your speakers. And for those of you who are trying to spell it out, it is do like audio. <laughs> so uh, you know, pretty simple, just D-I-O connect.com slash Uncle Marv. All right. So now comes an interesting point. I actually didn't think we'd be doing this, but you had mentioned it before we went live, uh, talking about Florida man versus the world here. And you are in, uh, is it really Silicon Valley that you're in? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm right in the heart of it. Right I, in the heart? My wife is a PhD student at Stanford. So we live really close oh. to the Stanford campus, well. uh, which is right here in Palo Alto. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So do you have Florida man type stories where you are? I'm sure we do. I, I don't keep up with them. So maybe not as <laughs> uh, prominent, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sure we do. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, our story, and I thought the one that I gave on the last show was pretty good. But there's always a Florida man that has to outdo the previous Florida man. So today's story, Florida man claims he's Jesus, kisses a minor in gym locker room. And this happened in Pinellas County, where a Florida man is facing charges after police say he allegedly trapped a male minor in a gym locker and kissed him against his will. Clearwater police arrested James Trevor Byron Thompson. First of all, if you have four names, <laughs> that doesn't bode well for you. Age 39, uh, after a victim said he walked up to him at a crunch fitness, told him he was Jesus in a past life, and tried to give him a hug. According to his arrest report, when the victim tried to get away, Thompson used his body to block the exit of the gym locker and kissed him against his will. He faces simple battery, false imprisonment, and was booked into the Pinellas County Jail. Wow. Got a California man that can beat that? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I've been, uh, I've been trying to think of those stories, but I, I mean, not that I've looked up particularly to beat that. But um, let me tell you, I used to live in the South. Um, I went to Georgia Tech for my undergrad. I worked a few years in South Carolina. So I can imagine the situation in my head for sure. <laughs> yeah. Georgia, South Carolina. I had three years in Carolina. So that was interesting. Nice, nice, nice place to visit. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful for sure. All right. But uh, I think uh, since I don't have a story to beat, I owe you uh, like a random question or something, right? Sure. 
So, yep, Florida Man, a random question. So let me pull up the uh, random question generator here, and let's get started. Um, so while we're doing that, uh, remember, folks, head over to doconnect.com slash Uncle Marv, and that will get you everything you need to know about getting your set of Do nodes. And uh, it's going to be a great thing. So here we go. Oh, what happened to my page? Here we go. Random question. So this. Oh, it's an easy one. I think. (laughs) What food have you never tried? Not as easy as you think. (laughs) No, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, let's see. I actually don't eat beef or pork. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. I grew up vegetarian, but since then I've also, I eat chicken and poultry. I've actually never had steak in my life. Never. So I guess actually that is an easy one. Um, yeah, never. I've, I've traveled to a lot of different countries in the world and I've eaten a lot of different types of cuisine. So I don't know if it'll be easy for me to be like, I haven't had that kind of cuisine, but I can't say I haven't had just classic steak mm. ever. Okay. There you go. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Akarsh, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. And obviously, I think that, one, uh, we should get you some listeners that will be interested in your speakers. And I think it was a great experience to have people listen to another person kind of doing a business from the ground up. So I think I'd like to ask you to come back and I don't know, six months, a year, and let's see where you are and see what changes changes have happened in the in the speaker world. Sounds good. And hopefully, you know, I won't be out on the streets or anything. I'll actually have a successful business that uh, is continuing to grow. I'd love to be back. And I also want to let your listeners know that I am always up for receiving emails if people are trying to start their businesses and such, uh, especially if it has to do with physical technology (laughs) Um, that is its own little, you know, little uh, challenge to solve. So you can email me at Akersh, that's A-K-A-R-S-H, at doconnect.com. So just want to put that out there. And I'm always happy to uh, support any fellow entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs. All right. Fantastic. So thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for downloading and listening to this very special episode. I hope that you head over to the website and make a purchase and support a fellow side hustle entrepreneur. And that is going to do it for this episode. We'll be back soon with another and we'll be back every Wednesday night with a live show. So go out, make money, be happy, be safe. And until next time, holla.